from all the this is a protect your wild podcast each friday we go balls deep into some sustainable stories wild ideas and legendary people i'm your host avinash and i'm here with colin and we're gonna be talking about david attenborough yeah the voice you all know and love but what do you really know about the guy you know he's british right yeah, oh yes, Sir David. Right, yeah. We should start there. He's a he's a knight and he deserves the sir. Yeah, yeah, like um, Blank from Blank of Thrones. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler free! (laughs) Yeah, way to censor yourself this time. Um, You know, you know. um, (laughs) Yeah, so... Last episode, I totally spoiled it. Um, uh, He's 94 now, and this dude's still working. He he came back up again in, like, recent news and stuff with uh, the Netflix series our planet that we kind of mentioned in the past um yeah but man 94 and he's still crushing it like that yeah you gotta be like somebody kind of badass to like still be working at 94 oh yeah like, i, I would have probably call it quits at like 80 i'd be like yeah dude well that's what happens when you do what you love you do it till you die it's a part of you you know yeah i also think i'm probably gonna die in my 80s Dude, no way. When we're older, the yeah. tech and stuff is going to be so legit. We're going to be, like, wanting to die, but in perfect health in, like, our mid-90s. We're going to be like, all right, I'm kind of done with this life thing. You know, I made my kids. They had kids. Now I got great-great-grandkids. What am I doing here? Oh uh, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like we're still far from that, but we'll see. Yeah, maybe our planet will uh, kill us before. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll put that change into perspective uh, a little later in the episode with when he was born. But um, kicking yeah, it off, I guess. Sure. What what were some of the the moments of our planet that really like stuck out to you? Yeah, so um, my favorite thing to watch while I'm not sober is um, definitely like our planet, life, um, blue planet, mm-hmm. frozen planet. You know, all, all yeah. those series narrated by Attenborough just because it's so, like, peaceful and it kind of, like, informs you. It's good. Um, and, and uh, beautiful. The, yeah, visually stunning. Right. Like, I don't know how they get that buttery smooth slow motion, but, like, there's slow motion. You see the wings Dude. flapping on the birds. Slow like, stroking it to the slow motion. I'll tell you what. Oh, I mean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're about to be so much more into that until you thought about it. Oh, y- yeah. I was like, yeah. All right. Um, question mark. Um, <laughs> so I, I think for me, the, one of the most move, moving uh, scenes was um, the walrus scene in our planet. Um, I know Twitter like blew up when that happened. Um, and I remember watching it as well and being like, like, really really sad about it um so for those of you who haven't seen seen i'll kind of give you a description of it um basically um walruses used to like kind of hop up on iceberg uh like icebergs to like take a break from swimming and um now these icebergs are not no longer there because you know because of climate change and all melt 
Um, so they have to swim a lot further to land. Uh, and once they get to this land, um, they, it's very like rocky and cliffy. Yeah. So it's like a like, little strip of rocks and then cliffs basically. Yeah. So they're, they're all like, you know, chilling on these cliffs and stuff. But, um, the, the kind of bad thing about walruses is they have really terrible eyesight. Um, and so, flippers, like, fuck, those aren't yeah. good for climbing. <laughs> yeah, and they're just, like, flopping around. And um, it was just really sad to see because they're exhausted and this is their only option. And um, they kind of, like, sense each other. And they, some of them end up, you know, going off the cliffs. And then they all follow each other, basically, off off the cliff. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like, yeah, I mean, have you seen the movie 300? Um right off just oh yeah um and it's heartbreaking to see him bounce down basically it's just like yeah like uh, they they, they're they're walking to their own deaths and it's like really sad to see um and and like the thing that really like shocked me was they showed it on like camera um i was just like really saddened by it i was like damn like it, it didn't like it wasn't even taken out by like you know another animal or anything like that it was literally just the world yeah yeah the beach like that thin strip of land is just so overcrowded some of them are like well fuck it i guess we'll go climb up this cliff which i'm shocked that they could even make it up as high as they did that alone was unbelievable um makes humans look like a bunch of bitches to be honest but uh man that was that was pretty rough not gonna lie i laughed at first uh, like out of nervousness because I knew what was coming because once they were up yeah. there I'm just like that's like a fucking like one ton thing of fat with flippers that can't down climb everyone knows down climbing is way harder than climbing up anyway yeah Fuck. so yeah that, that was the most moving part for me yeah. uh, what about you <laughs> dude when when the baby flamingo was left behind with the salt weights on his ankles trying to mm. sip salt water and literally just slowly dying of dehydration and then probably poisoning from the the salt water Whew. that uh that that like yeah. legitimately made me tear up on on the spot i not i was not ready for that man you weren't yeah no that, that was pretty sad um mm. and and like it's good that David Attenborough kind of like um, narrates these like scenes and like kind of brings attention to these like uh, natural events because I feel like majority of people don't even see or know know about these things mm-hmm. and it's so sad. Um, but like it's it's also just a part of what's happening in the real world and it happens at such a large scale we just don't see it. So out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. Um, but I mean. He also he doesn't only show like sad moments. He also shows some really cool things, which I really like to you know um, watch as well. Uh, I think my favorite one from that that episode was the bird scene. 
uh, where those birds were trying to like attract a mate. So there were like four birds and they all like did this dance thing where they like, yeah. rotated in. And it was like almost like line dancing and like weird shit. And I was like, whoa, this is so dope. Yeah. They're so coordinated and so intelligent that they're able to like co- coordinate and choreograph like a dance. They were like wingmanning like, for each other. They're, they're like, all right, only one of us is going to get a fuck, but we're all going to do our little dance here, right? Yeah. And it, it was actually really, really cool um, to, to see. I was like, huh, that they're intelligent enough to do that. Like, that that's you know impressive um so yeah and i also thought it looked cool so that was one of my favorite scenes uh from that dude i wish i I wish there's like a deleted scenes of all of the failed dances that birds tried to attract mates as they evolved (laughs) shoot your shot yeah (laughs) the shit that they're doing that works now looks goofy enough i wonder what weird ass stuff they did that didn't work swiping (laughs) right yeah (laughs) go back in time there's just a bird on a phone swiping left or right um totally but yeah i mean that was the bird one was kind of one of my favorites as well um and that was pretty birds are fucking hilarious i love them yeah you even have a bird yourself i do yeah he's chilling munching in his cage right now Uh, does he do any dances uh he bobs his head like up and down really quick i taught him to do that as a trick now nice (laughs) but yeah um yeah so i I guess back to to attenborough our our main man um he had you know a childhood and Mm -hmm. again when you say 94 it's like oh man that's old but I pulled some uh, facts from when he was born that'll really put his age into perspective. Uh, yeah. So he was born in 1926, and TV did not exist yet. In fact, it didn't even exist basically until uh, after he's in through his school years and stuff. And um, in addition to that, the population. Of the whole Earth was 4.3 billion. Um, so obviously, right now it's 7.7 billion. That's nowhere close. Um, yeah, it was obviously before World War II, and but the one thing that was the same is apparently Alabama, their college football team, they were they were still national champions. So, you know, I guess a lot's changed, but. <laughs> Alabama, god damn it. Still champions. Um yeah. but man, I I that's where I was thinking like we have no idea what's to come in our future looking at how different things were in 1926. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> like World War 2 didn't even happen yet. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um that's, that's insane. Yeah, but uh, so as a little kid, he was uh, pretty known for being into nature stuff already. So he he was collecting fossils, collecting rocks, and uh, natural specimen, whatever whatever that means. <laughs> That's that that phrase kind of freaked me out. I was like, oh, I hope it's he's not like getting frogs and then just keeping them until they die. <laughs> oh no. Um, I'm sure it's like a butterfly collection or something, which is not like the best thing in the world, but like, yeah, yeah. who knows? Um, so yeah, I mean, he was obviously connected to to nature at a young age, which is great. I mean, I, I kind of think all kids are in a way, but 
it's the adults yeah. around them that either like encourage it and embrace it or they're like no don't play with a bug that's gross or like you know poo poo it yeah and, and i feel like like that that is a good observation because like i noticed like kids are so fascinated by animals oh, dinosaurs yeah. they go through that stage in life and and i don't know what what kills it um or what you know pulls people away from that right uh it's it's hard to like pinpoint where it happens in you know time but it's just sad that it does yeah yeah i mean it is sad um i was definitely that kid that made like a little bug farm when i was little we'd we'd basically like pile up dirts and make like a like a house almost with like rooms and hallways and stuff just using like the little dirt no roof obviously but we'd like pile the dirt up into little walls and stuff and then we'd be like oh this is the roly-poly room and we'd put a bunch of roly-polies in it that we'd found this is the worm room we'd get all these worms <laughs> yeah Damn. i never did that yeah um, scared of bugs i mean i still am scared of bugs but true yeah but, uh, yeah, so he had two brothers that were also super successful. Um, one brother, Richard Attenborough, was an Academy Award-winning director and actor. Um, so that that's pretty impressive, obviously. And his other brother, John, uh, was a top executive at Alfa Romeo, the ultra-luxurious car company. Yeah, that's um, wild. So whatever the hell his parents were feeding him, they're they're three for three there. Yeah, uh, imagine being the fourth brother and not having like anything. <laughs> you know, just like uh, the fourth the family one was the yeah, first kind of, cashier uh, at Walmart. <laughs> yeah, it never like, went I, past that. Yeah, I mean that that's a high achieving family. Yeah, dude. So, yeah, that that that'd be intim- intimidating to have actually. Um, even like if I was like a kid of David Attenborough or David Attenborough or mm-hmm. the other one, uh, John Attenborough, I'd just be like, Oh shit. Like, yeah. You know, I got, uh, I got to live up to this big ass name. Yeah. Yeah. I've done shit with my life. Um, <laughs> For real. yeah. So he, he did have two kids, I believe I didn't write this down, but I think he had two kids. His, his wife passed, uh, before him in the two thousands and both of his brothers passed as well. Um, and he's outlived him, and he's he's still quick as a whip. I mean, watch his speeches and stuff as a 94-year-old man. Um, I watched one in the research, an interview of him uh, from maybe a year or two ago after Trump was elected and stuff, and some of the questioning was around, like, you know, he had a sit-down with Obama during his years, and they were saying, like, well, what would you say to Americans' presidents now? And he goes, I don't know if there's anything I could say to that guy. <laughs> Um, yeah, but he, he didn't like shit on him. He he just kind of redirected it towards more positive stuff, which is good. The guy's so yeah. beloved, man. He doesn't like. He's he's fantastic. Yeah, that's true. What a, what a good guy though. Like yeah, dude, he's funny too, man. Watch these interviews with him doing the research. The guy's quick. He he uh, he makes some good jokes, but uh, but yeah. So basically, uh, from there. Um, he did, uh, towards the end of World War II, um, he was stationed, uh, in Wales or something in the Navy. Uh, oh, wow. didn't really see any action or anything, um, by the sounds of it. But, uh, after that, then he, he joined this 
BBC training program, essentially, where it was the beginning of television. He was literally, he literally started his career at the beginning of television. <laughs> That's so wild. Yeah, yeah. Like, so pretty impressive. I was there when it started. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the dude, uh, not going to lie, he was a, he was a handsome young man. <laughs> Go, just go look up pictures of David Attenborough, like in his twenties and stuff, and you're just like, man, this this guy was like a a star in the making, anyway. Damn. This adventure Indiana Jones type, but in real life, it's crazy. Oh wow! So obviously, television was a natural choice. Yeah. A face for TV. Yeah. Did that. Um, now TV is almost dying, you know, like. Uh, I'm reading yeah, like stories about yeah. how like people are like wa- watching more social media content than they are uh, television, mm-hmm. and like 2019 is the year where it like elapses uh, over television, where it's like, you know, dude, uh, uh, I'm there. I mean, when I think about what I do, I'm I'm on podcasts basically throughout the whole workday because I can multitask while I'm playing something, and uh, and I watch like maybe one or two episodes of a show a night maybe so the, I, I can see it's that. come to the turning point uh maybe attenborough will witness the rise and fall of television yeah wow. yeah isn't that so wild um to be around for that long now now that you you bring up that point uh, I wonder what's going to happen in our generation. Are we going to witness the rise and fall of something? Yeah, the, we're going to like lose the internet and be connected with some weird Neuralink shit that Elon Musk is working on. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I actually, uh, like, yeah, no, no, I'm just thinking uh, people are now escaping the internet and going into real life. Oh, yeah. You know, they're like, oh, uh, like I, I'm doing the exact same thing. And people that. used to use the internet as an escape from real life. So yeah, it's a weird uh, shift. Yeah, because uh, I'm constantly running away from social media and the internet and everything. That's uh, any chance I get. Um. Yeah, especially when it's like a part of your job, like you're constantly on. Yeah, doing ad yeah. stuff. Over over exposure is definitely uh, taxing. Yeah. Uh, well, back to Attenborough though. Um, he has some pretty good quotes, right? Yeah, um, obviously in a, like, 70-year career or whatever, he's chock, like, the Internet's chock full of Attenborough quotes. Um, yeah. But there at least one that I want to mention real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, look up this YouTube video. David Attenborough says boo to a slot. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So from one of his, I think it was one of the Life series when he was uh, pretty elderly on yeah. Mammals. I think that's where it was from. But basically, he's observing this sloth. Uh, he climbs up this ladder and just goes, boo. <laughs> and of course, the oh. sloth doesn't react really at all. Um, and then he he calls the sloth like a moving composter. <laughs> and I just thought that was I mean, hilarious. Is that what it is? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they, they just like collect mold on their backs or whatever and then slowly munch on leaves. Yeah, but but they all have like a place in this like ecosystem. Oh, you know? of course. Like th- that's what I found really cool about uh, like watching his shows and stuff. He sh- he shows like how an animal like is part of that like 
world or that like environment right uh and there's like an engine in it um this is going a little off but um you you, you played uh, horizon zero dawn right uh yeah uh, some of it yeah, yeah about half so, so it, it's a video game uh for those of you who don't know uh where animals are basically well not animals there's like giant mechanical like animals uh and dinosaurs and stuff and um they, they kind of like are a metaphor for uh current animals and stuff like that how they're a part of the ecosystem and they're terraforming the place oh you know, yeah in the rocks and you know sh- trying to shape the earth um so it, it's it's kind of cool to see that in that aspect um but uh for for me the my, my favorite quote from uh Attenborough is um it's coming home to roost over the next 50 years or so it's not just climate change it's sheer space places to grow food for this enormous horde either we limit our population growth or the natural world will do it for us and the natural world is doing it for us right now i thought that was pretty uh insightful yeah uh and and just kind of like um important i i think um because our population exploded after world war ii right yeah i mean look at look at that shit 4.3 billion in 1926 to 7.7 now yeah so it, it it basically increased at su- such a large rate, um, and we need certain resources and and uh, things to you know sustain that. And I feel like we we didn't take that in factor, and now the world's reacting to it. Yeah, well, like nature does what nature does, you know. Right, right, and and right now, um it's kind of the the wealthy taking from the poor like i mean we have it fine and us and like canada and like plenty of countries of the first world countries are, are gonna probably be generally okay for a long time because we've kind of been you know we've literally been shipping our waste off to other countries and then now mm-hmm. that's turning on us and they're like nope sorry not taking anymore um and then because of international trade and stuff we're getting supplied and all, a lot of the resources and stuff are coming from other countries uh who don't really have the the safest practices or the most environmentally conscious you know um things going on so yeah and and it, it's just it's weird to like like think about but i i think climate change was the earth's defense almost uh, against hmm. us, um, like if the ocean level rises, it's to protect um, the earth. You know, what I mean, like it, uh, like nature wants an equilibrium, right? Yeah. And if we're overpopulating it, nature will try and underpopulate us. Um, yeah. Which is what I feel like is is about to happen um, if we don't get our shit together, because we can definitely. I think there's. A realistic way that we can support um, our population at its current level. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's the same growth rate at all. Uh, I think the growth rate needs to like reduce significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, Keep in mind too, I, a lot of that growth isn't happening in the first world countries. Um, yeah. So that's that's also what's kind of frightening is with without technology and stuff in place like agriculturally and whatnot to try to keep up with the demand for 
these resources, um, they're a lot more susceptible to that natural boom and bust. Whereas, you know, in somewhere like America, we can kind of, I don't know, weasel our way around it by, uh, innovation mm-hmm. and, and technology that we have access to. Um, we can yeah. kind of maybe make it work a little bit more and almost try to remove ourselves from that, that cycle. But yeah. And I think what's getting dangerous there is, um, like technology is making it easier and easier for us to um, kind of like see uh, the other side of the world and, and um, kind of like the c- conditions that are there. So we want to help, but at the same time, um, it, it's just like a weird cycle where we're, we're also destroying it by having that higher technology and living that first world lifestyle. Right. Uh, yeah, it's that's a weird cycle. It is, um, and one of the one of the other quotes I saw it, he talked at at length in an interview about how the the great evil is waste, basically. Um, mm-hmm. We and and we have kind of gotten better about it. I think there's been more awareness. But he said, like in the war, he would see <laughs> soldiers would literally eat like part of a steak or something, and then put cigarette butts out on the the pieces they weren't going to eat and then toss it or something um and now i mean just in our food system and stuff waste is still a massive massive issue um we have like no or a pathetic level of efficiency when it comes to getting good food that is grown with resources to people that need that food we go and you know are so selective and blah 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 and then people's lifestyles too a lot of people won't take leftovers home they'll just say ah no i don't want the rest of that or yeah, yeah. or forget about the top of the car um <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah so yeah. so also kind of talking about tech um mm-hmm. i can't even imagine traveling without a phone right now uh yeah. and attenborough was going all kinds of places all around the world just after like a major war and filming these animals and stuff that there was very little known about like mm-hmm. he he captured uh, a lot of the first animals that were brought to the London Zoo I think mm-hmm. um but man I <laughs> in in that time like of course I'm sure there's so many adventures that haven't like come out you know in his interviews or things like that but because like back then they they didn't document everything you know they they weren't like you'll you know check out my IG story of uh you know me doing this cool thing mm-hmm. um it was kind of like you got to take my word for it yeah I did it yeah and here's proof <laughs> yeah and yeah like travel is so much easier now too and i'd still be there's still so many countries that i'd be worried about going to when there's so many more resources available to to like make it there and you know i guess learn about their culture and stuff and yeah what kind of things did he do though that were like pretty badass um so a couple of course a lot of them are a lot of the stories he had are from interactions with animals, right? He worked yeah. with all kinds of species. And one one video that I recommend everybody look up is David Attenborough with the gorillas. Um, not the band, but 
<laughs> it was when he was quite a bit younger. He was literally hanging out with some gorillas doing the filming, and they just start, like, I don't know, befriending him, like, chilling with him. Like, the mom, I think, started, like, picking some stuff out of his hair, and the her oh babies were, like, playing, apparently, like, taking his shoes off, so he was, like, laughing while trying to, to uh, you know, get his spiel out. <laughs> But that's a pretty touching video um, to look up for sure. Um, wow. Yeah, but he, he told this one story uh, in his memoir about uh, having to wrestle a maned wolf. I think that's how it's pronounced. M-A-N-E-D, I guess. Yeah, maned um, wolf. In Argentina, it's it's this really beautiful breed of wolf that's like kind of orangish, and it it's a lot taller and thinner than than typical wolves, and very fast. Um, but they were collecting, I guess, species to bring back while they're down there. Um, mm -hmm. So people just started hearing about it, you know, word of mouth spread, and people that had these weird, you know, rare species as pets, essentially. Uh, would start bringing him to him because he was they were paying people for him essentially if they didn't uh, capture him themselves. Uh, yeah. So they they found this main wolf and then I guess uh, it's just by luck she was a female and there was a, a breeding male or something available back in England and um, so so they get it from this guy but it's in some pathetic cage so they're like okay well. You know, we'll kind of put it on a leash, <clears throat> basically tie it up to a tree while we try to figure out how to make a better cage for this thing so he can actually turn around yeah. a little bit. And um, so they make this cage, and while they're trying to coax him in with banana, or her, sorry, with <laughs> some banana, uh, she escapes. And so they... And this thing's valuable, right? It's it's like they, they definitely want it now because it has a breeding pair and they want to establish, like, colonies in the zoos or whatever so they can breed them. And, um, so they go on a manhunt or a wolf hunt literally at, at night uh, just scanning the area, and eventually somebody does find it. And I guess one of his uh, colleagues or something that he's with got, like, the wolf, like bit on his hand and when that happened it sounded like Attenborough like Sir Attenborough in a true knightly fashion grabbed the wolf from behind and restrained it um, they got the, the man's hand out and I guess it wasn't too mauled which is good and he had to hold in and sit and restrain it there while the thing's you know violently shaking around trying to get out while they, they go and find its cage so and then they successfully got it in the cage the second time, but wow. yeah, dude, dude's holding a wolf. Bad ass. Yeah. Holy um, shit. There's another kind of funny one that I told about uh, when they were in a Land Rover, being charged by a rhinoceros, and it was literally ramming into their car. You know, and it's one of those like topless like Jeep looking Land Rovers, not like a fancy oh, one. Yeah. Like an outback fucking safari one. That's scary. Um, I actually have a similar story, uh, except I didn't get rammed by a rhino. Um, I, I was uh, back in Africa, and we were at Kruger National Park, 
and um, we're driving uh, back to our like place where we're staying that was inside the park, and um, the road was blocked by a whole herd of rhinoceros, and we were just like terrified of like doing anything because we were in like a big like you know like a mystery machine kind of like, van. Yeah. Like, those kind of vans so we're sitting in like one of those so that's a pretty big van and we got some you know heft to it but it's literally one rhino was the size of the whole fucking van <laughs> so i was literally like um that thing's like damn close to us and there's not just one there's a fuckload <laughs> yeah if they want to run us over they can run us over 10 times over Is that- and just like you know yeah. de- destroy us is, it, is that what uh, they call packs of rhinos fuckloads uh, no, I think they call them herds. <laughs> oh, okay. Just checking. But, um, yeah, so <laughs> we were just, like, scared. We kind of just, you know, chilled and waited for them to move. Uh, one of them looked at us, and we kind of just revved the engine. We're like, Wah! you know, go away. <laughs> Why does your engine sound like, like a cat? <laughs> uh, it wasn't sounding like a cat. It was more like, but it was, like, not that uh, intimidating. It wasn't like a, you know, you know, like a Dodge Challenger or anything like that. It was yeah. like a... You know, I don't know what it was, a Nissan maybe? I have no idea. But it was it was not that impressive. Um, and luckily the rhinos kind of like meandered off the road and we're like, skirt, let's get out of here. Because uh, nice. we didn't want to get fucked up by a rhino because uh, that would suck. Um, yeah. and, and like you'd see in pictures, right? You're like, oh yeah, it's not that bad. Um, let me tell you, like when you're close to, to some of these animals, they're, they're massive. Oh yeah. You, you know, like when you go to the gym and you see that really jacked dude, you're like, oh, shit, he's huge. It's like that yeah. times 10. Just like, oh, he could <laughs> literally throw me if he wants. He's going to just throw me somewhere. Yeah, exactly like that. Yeah. <laughs> that thing can smash right through. The, like, you don't even feel safe in the van. You're like, <laughs> this is, you know, like a aluminum foil. Right. It's nothing. Damn. Um, but yeah, that's pretty cool. They had that experience. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to get out there, man. But uh, yeah, so uh, David Attenborough, man, a real, real treasure to the world. Um, he was uh, at least able to to live out his full life, and um, throughout his career, has done incredible things for for the natural world as far as exposing people to to the beauty and the animals and plants and everything and and late more lately uh, all of his things in the 2000s have had uh some kind of like climate or you know message behind how the humans sort of impacted this um for the most part so mm-hmm. shouts out to sir david attenborough yeah sweet yeah he, he's a real you know g i guess uh, he's pretty awesome warden af uh, dude yeah <laughs> well um before we jump into warner wanker i just want to you know take a second to say uh thanks for listening to our podcast uh you're awesome for you know listening to it and if you like what you're hearing uh kind of think we're funny or you know entertaining or informative uh please remember you know drop a review or subscribe uh and you're free to reach out to us on uh protect your wild podcast at gmail.com or um you know slide in our dms you know Mm. that's that's cool too um follow us on facebook instagram yeah twitter and uh we also have a blog 
make sure you check us uh, out at allthelifestyle.com. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stoked to and be launching now. a new site soon as well. Been working hard yeah. on that, so that'll be cool. And now back to the episode with Warner Wanker. So this, I'm actually really excited for this week's Warner Wanker um, because it is Lil Dicky. Um, AKA the independent Dickie. variable. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I really like Lil Dicky, um, and he just busted out this fucking awesome Earth music video. Has so many celebrities in it: Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber, uh, Kevin Hart, as Kanye West. West. Yeah, and um, Ed Sheeran's in there. Uh, who else is in there? Yeah, Fetty Wap. There literally so many uh, celebrities are in it. Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it was just so. Um, good. Uh, okay, I thought the lyrics were a little bland. You know, it's like, I'm a zebra, I'm a giraffe, whatever it is, right? Yeah. And it was just kind of like, eh, but like the, the song itself bumps and it has a very nice, like, you know, yeah. chill kind of vibe. I really I dig it. Not my style, dude. I mean, I love Little Dicky stuff, but. You know, I, and I get it. It's trying to be poppy and, like, appeal to kids, and then there's jokes in there for the adults, and, you know, it, the music video is supposed to kind of appeal to everyone. Um, that's the yeah. point, is that, you know, we love the earth. It's our, yeah. ours, right? And, it's uh, our planet, yeah. But, yeah, um, I just thought it was, I don't know, poppy, real poppy. Yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed it, and I think it was a good move. And, and I wish uh, more, you know, artists and stuff did things like this. Um, I, I think this is a, a good way to bring awareness, uh, especially to, like, popular culture and uh, things like that. Because I, I feel like it, nowadays, in, like, influencers and celebrities, they have so much, like, influence and, like, clout over, over things that we do, right? Yeah. Look at, um, you know, uh, even just, like, technology like iphones or um i don't know other dumb shit trends like you know harlem shake or um whatever the the next like ice bucket challenge or whatever it is is um they have they have so much pull over behavior right and if they can do good with it um i think we can solve the whole um not solve, but like really help with the whole climate change problem w- without involving the government. Absolutely. You know? And because it benefits the celebrities too. I mean, yeah. look how much press you got off of this and, you know, it's, being the one that, that spearheaded getting together all these mega stars like Bieber and shit. Um, yeah. So now it's, it's Lil Dicky going around on, like I saw he's on Ellen. He was on um, Jimmy Kimmel, I think all, all these different shows promoting yeah. this thing and it's like who who can hate the the guy that's trying to do good thing for the world you know just like when logic released the the video about uh suicide hotline or whatever yeah yeah and, and it's 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 for a good cause and he's using it his celebrity platform for good and i feel like everyone now um kind of gets the message yeah uh, and i think at the end of his uh song in, in the music video he brings up the point um that we only have 12 years to kind of like take action um that is- and, and kind of you know put, puts it in people's minds like hey we need to do something quick 
Um, and I, I'm really happy he, he's doing it because um, I, I just feel like it, it's kind of crappy to say, but um, I don't think the government's going to really go anywhere or do anything because they're, you know, busy trying to argue uh, if it's real or not. The biggest uh, mistake is thinking somebody else is going to handle it, you know, someone exactly. else is going to do something. Yeah. And, and I don't think we should wait for the government. I don't think we should even think the government should even help. Like, they've been fucking useless, um, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. But uh, so a quote I heard recently I want to throw out there was, was basically, uh, you, oftentimes you'll get a lot less done in a year than you might want to. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's astounding what you can accomplish in a decade. So if you just have that kind of long-term vision, um, you know, you're going to hit your bumps and stuff along the road. And uh, it, it takes time to change. But, man, if you look at the amount of change that you can undertake as a person over 10 years versus one, it's it's unbelievable. That video is at 41 million views, by the way, right now. Um, and the profits from the video as well as the merch and stuff that they sell are going towards environmental stuff too. So definitely check that shit out. We'll link it for sure. Yeah. That, yeah. Highly recommend watching it. Um, yeah. So, uh, if you like what you heard, please subscribe, leave us a review. Uh, it helps us a lot. As Five a stars only. And if you'd like to, you know, talk to us, um, shoot us an email at protectyourwildpodcast at gmail.com or, or, you know, DM us. um, And uh, finally, just like, follow, subscribe. And uh, yeah, all the, you know, links and, you know, sauces are in the description. So, sauces. uh, Yeah. Uh, Am I forgetting anything? Protect your wild.